You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Afterlaugh. Here we are in day something, month three of quarantine. Something like that. It's all blending together. And here I am with Tommy Wakefield, who, you know, I just have to, I have to bribe you, <laughs> I have to cajole you, I have to guilt you into showing up. But I'm always glad. I always glad you come. It always makes me happy. And Tommy, people like you. I got fans. You got fans. I don't know if they reach. They reach out to me. Just, I've never had anyone reach out. I, just, I think you're making these I people. Sh- I'll, sh- I'll, sh- I'll show you <laughs> every right, fucking right. message. This one girl reached out to me. She's she's a fan. She lives in Texas, and she said, um, "I feel bad for Tommy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Does he need any financial help?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're hearing this podcast, Tommy needs financial help. Pay off help. my credit cards. <laughs> you know what? She probably would. She, aye, aye, aye. she. I don't want to be in debt to anybody. I seen the guy. I know, but too she, she like offered me. She just sent me money randomly, which is really nice, and I hope she's like using a man to pay for it, uh, yeah, <laughs> not from her like teacher salary. But anyway, um, hope she's manipulating some powerful executive <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So, uh, anyway, the reason I wanted to have this podcast is because I had a first for me, and you know, at my age, in my. 40s there are not a lot of firsts that happen really sure. in terms of big firsts like big experiences you know you're right. like eating ass stuff like that yeah oh we can talk about that too <laughs> the first time okay here's the thing so when i'm in college in the 90s yeah in the 1990s mm-hmm. um there were still bushes <laughs> women still had bush i think bushes are on, on the way back Oh yeah, it's bushes like, are making a comeback. Bushes are making a comeback, um, but so not bushes, but hedges. You know what I mean? Yeah, hedges. But I'm talking about bushes. Like there are like little birds' nests in there and okay, objects. Okay, okay. Um, like full thick. So I think sometimes you're in there and you're you're in college. You know what the hell is going on? You're just like and like everyone's oh, a little bit of a bee. A little bit. Of, the bee was close to the V, and you got a little of the bee. Mm-hmm. And it used to horrify <laughs> me. And I remember there was a a guy in college who's like. You ever have a girl eat your ass? And I was like, he's from New York City. He's an actor. I don't want to say who he is. And I go, no, dude, that's gross. He goes, yeah, you say that, but then it happens. You're like, woo He goes, you're just kind of a country bumpkin, aren't you? He's like, fuck you, man. I'm not. My school is like all black. I fucking, blah, blah, blah. we had drive-by shootings. You know, but I was a country bump. But anyway, so, uh-huh. so the whole ass eating thing. Yeah. First of all, I feel like that is kind of having its day in court right now because ass be honest, is out everywhere now to me it's just a meme i've never done it it's it's a little and no one's ever d- done it to you well, it's a little lewd for me but i mean maybe i'm a prude so this is what i found out like i i look there's a lot of stuff going on regarding the ass obviously sure first it's of all it's around how many gay people are they can't be it can't be terrible because they can't all be wrong <laughs> yeah not every gay guy is just like all put up with it so, and obviously we have, you know, I guess there are men who can orgasm from a prostate milk. A prostate milk. I think Stifler had it in American Pie. The woman I wish it was a different word than milk. That is just. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had 
and like from no digital manipulation of the penis the fingers they can rub it in a certain way that men can come which to me is like a magic that ass utter ass utter that ass utter (laughs) i've never and i've also had female friends of mine who have pegged men Uh uh-huh hey you want to be i don't want to be pegged i don't want to this is why i don't want to be pegged i'll be honest this is why i don't want to be pegged not because um i'm homophobic well maybe because i'm afraid what if i love it right it's kind of like cocaine i've never done cocaine because i'll probably love cocaine right imagine if i relaxed had some good weed and a woman pegged me with an appropriately like sized thing maybe an asian dildo then i could like (laughs) whatever hacky who cares Uh, (laughs) like maybe i would enjoy it like i i I mean it's all it's all possibility and you're like you're with a woman you're attracted to and you're like i'm okay this isn't gay because i'm with this woman this is just a physical sensation that i'm experiencing with a woman that i'm heterosexually attracted to yeah but i've talked to several women about it because one woman i dated briefly was trying to do it on me and i was just like nope nope i was like I was like, I don't even feel comfortable with a finger, really. Um, yeah, I ain't about uh, it. But she said that the men that she did it with would get sort of obsessed with it, where that became what's for dinner. Like, that's what they would do. They needed to get I don't pegged. want that in my life. Yeah, but if it feels so good that you can't go back. Apparently, she said she was pegging one guy, and he said, this is why I'm alive. Oh, my God. Um, so who knows? That's good grief. That's the maybe that's the fucking tree of knowledge in uh, in the Bible that it's talking about. Maybe it was pegging. Maybe the apple was a metaphor for pegging. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. But I don't want to know if it's the best thing in the world. Good, good on you. Do it. The I'm apple big... is the G spot of the prostate. Yeah. And the tree is the anal canal. Oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. Because the apple was and the something. snake is the thumb. The apple. It, there was a. <laughs> Apple wasn't a, like it was a metaphor for Adam and Eve did something look too kooky, look too and God kooky. was like, nah, fuck it, I give up. Um, so, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, the uh, apple is a metaphor for step sibling porn. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Do you watch that type of porn? Hell nah. Um, but but also to be fair, the step sibling porn is just regular porn, and they just put step sibling on the on top the of it to get clicks. And, but I it's guess basically also the same shit. The idea turns on people. It's kind of like the, the forbidden fruit. It's like the Louis C.K. bit about like, wasn't it kind of hotter when, when yeah. like for some gay men, when you're in the basement of a nightclub at 4 a.m. and you're having sex? I've heard gay people like, relay that. Yeah, especially like, oh, older I gay guys. I can lose my job. There's add a little juice to it, a little yeah, yeah, like yeah. hotness. Um, I, I I tend to be a little prosaic in my love making, but I will say this: uh, the ass thing. I did have a woman not too long ago who got like, I don't know what she did. She did something, and it was like pretty fucking intense. It wasn't like a lot. It was maybe like a knuckle. Like yeah. Like just a, she bent her knuckle and tongue. I don't know. But I have I have had my ass eaten more in the past five years than I have before that. Before that, I don't think it happened at all. But recently, I've, I've met women who like. Interesting. So. I'm, like, I'm showering. I'm fucking doing whatever yeah, I can. I'm putting a bar of soap in my you're butt. You letting them know? I'm sprinkling in some lavender. Okay. <laughs> Maybe put a crushed strawberry up there for flavor. All right. You well, gotta adorn it with something. I mean, you better. <laughs> you gotta clean that up. Anyway, so um, and this kind of is connected. The reason I want to not to talk about eating ass, 
but you've you've never had your ass eaten. No. I will say this: one time I was dating a girl who was into it. It got weird because then, like, she got down on me. I'd like put a pillow under my hips, like, I'm waiting, and that was that felt a little weird. Yeah, I, I don't. Here's the thing: like, I'm never judgmental or like homophobic towards anyone else, but I think towards my own ass, I got mm. I got some of that, like deep, growing up in the South. For sure. Like. Like, and I don't put anything on anybody else. But yes. For me, I definitely still mm-hmm. got that cage, baby. Like, there's yeah. there's rules. There's yeah. rules to my body. Yeah. That are just set. And maybe maybe I'll explore one day. But there's certain stuff, and I'm like sure. I'm open to anything. But but I definitely have a knee jerk reaction to a couple things. And maybe I, you'll meet the right woman one day. Maybe. <laughs> But I don't think I should necessarily have to do those things to be a tolerant person, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. I completely agree. What I hate think- when people act like you have to change your own. Like, I do think you should be open to trying new experiences, but like certain sexual things like BDSM, like weird ass stuff. I don't know. I agree. It's like that that shouldn't be mandatory. That brings up an interesting point because I have had I think after my Caitlyn Jenner bit got a little bit viral on the Laugh Factor Instagram, mm-hmm. I started getting a lot of DM sliders from trans women. Sure. Right? And some of these women are beautiful. And I'm all I'm a fan of be yourself and express yourself however. Yeah. Um but I've said I I'm not I'm not interested in that for me. And I was accused of being transphobic more than by more than one. Yeah, trans, like you're being transphobic. I mean, I, I, like you're just scared. I was like, I don't know if I'm just scared. I just don't. I don't know. Even if they look beautiful and it's the perfect surgery and everything's, I just there's something in my brain. It's that like ingrained. Yeah, and it's not in a hateful way. Or you would, you know, always support them and live in their life and being free and stuff. But yeah. like, I don't know. But but some people do believe, I mean, and gay men too, if you don't experience, like you're homophobic, if you think that you can't have sex with a man or you're transphobic, you can't have sex with a man. There are also people I know, men and women, who will not have sex with a white person or a black person. I know a lot of white women who will, yeah. who yeah. find black men, like I won't have sex with a black man. I just never, I've never, and I don't know if that's racist or not. So I mean, I it guess is racist. It's definitely racist, but the, I guess the question is like, I don't know. It's like, what do you do about that? Yeah. I don't think that the solution is like, you have to go have sex with a person of color. I think that's kind of creepy in its own right, that you're yes. targeting out someone for your own weird, you know? Because yes. look, let's be honest. There are a lot of interracial couples that are based on fetishism, for sure. It's, I think sex stuff makes everything tricky. Yes. Because it's like, if you're too into interracial stuff, then it is a fetish. And if you're completely against it, then that's wrong too. So it's like, yeah. it's well, it's like the, the uh, everybody's talking about OnlyFans and oh like yeah. the sex worker argument. This is one that like- What is the argument? Liberals get kind of split down the middle of them. Mm-hmm. Some people are like- pedophiles are using these sites to groom young girls into Only selling fans? their bodies. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, well like, sex work is here's always what it slippery is. sloping to, to pedophilia. Always. All, and sex, sex trafficking. Is se- it's always slippery sloping. It's kind of a dark realm mm-hmm. of stuff. But also there's this separate argument of like sexual liberation and you gotta 
let people express themselves and there's nothing wrong and the only reason that some of this stuff leads to like depression or unhappiness is because of society's stigmas so you the solution is to break down all stigmas around sex stuff yeah and it's like there's a certain issues where these there's this chasm between liberals where there's yes people want to allow everything versus people well because once yeah. you allow everything then you do open yourself up to stuff that can hurt you and you do open up yourself to uh i concepts around pedophilia that have been promulgated for a long time by people in nambla and stuff like that where they say look if you're a 15 year old boy and you're gay and you can't have sex in your high school you need a 25 year old man to show you the ropes and that from my experience with all my gay friends, they all had adult lovers when they were teenagers. Yeah. And Milo Yiannopoulos talked about that, and he got canceled on on uh, whatever from the Republican Party. But <sighs> I also found that to be sort of a, a thing that, that existed. Because the truth is, people, youth is, is an attractive thing across the board. In For every sure. culture, in every society. You, there, there's a reason why in Japan... Uh, young girls' panties sell in vending machines, and people buy young girls' panties, and everyone wears the knee highs and the skirt and the <laughs> with the pigtails. There's something about men universally that is attracted to that youth. So, look, even Netflix. I'll, I'll even call it Netflix right now because you look at Netflix. There are a lot of shows about high, your, sex education. We talked about because your mom's yeah. a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. That's now, got a lot of sex. Uh, talk and the subject matter is all sexual. It's all sexual, and the people are all in high school. All in high school. So, so all the people, even if you're euphoria, seniors, same deal. You're underage, mm-hmm. you know, and some they're not all seniors, and they have explicit sex scenes. But the, the actors, actors might be are, 18. Well, no, the actors are all like usually almost in all of these shows. The actors are like 24, 25. Sure. Um, but so the it's almost like are pedophilic. Yeah. So it's almost like. Netflix, and this is a lot of shows on Netflix, they're kind of trojing horsing these pedophilic Same ideas. Same with Big Mouth. Oh, yeah, my brother. My I love that show. I love both of those shows. Yeah. Because the other tricky thing is that these are real things that happen. Of course. People explore their sexualities a lot of times for the first time at that age. Yes. And I think that there's a lot of good art and good conversations to be had about that period of first time you jerk off I mean like that's just interesting yes. that's what they talk about in Big Mouth and stuff and I, I thought that show was hilarious yeah no I know a lot of people actually think Big Mouth is educational and important for kids to actually not feel alone I having love these it. feelings it's one of my favorite shows I've watched recently but sex education you'll have a lot of these women I mean the first opening scene in sex education is, is a very attractive woman who's probably 22 or 23 having sex with a very attractive guy and it's supposed to be hot and people are for sure getting turned on by this woman's body. Right. But you're being told by the show that this is a teenage high school body. So there's a lot of weird <sighs> shit that I don't know how I feel about. But every time I see a Netflix show where there's like a 16-year-old, a sophomore in high school shirtless, like, hey, babe. I'm like, is that really what we want to – that's what you're promoting right now? And the other thing is, is like there's a lot of sexualization of young people in every kid's show because like – kids know what a hot person looks like mm-hmm. and kids want to watch shows with hot people in the same way adults want to watch movies with hot people yeah you know like i had a million crushes on all the hot girls growing of up course. on all the kids shows that i watched yeah it is definitely uh, uh anyway that's that's a whole other rabbit i mean hole. disney is like hella creepy i mean that's basically child 
sex trafficking. They got a whole network of like finding the hottest fucking kids and putting them in TV shows. Oh, really? I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. Like, it is creepy. Yeah. And the kids are sexualized. Right. There's I a mean, guy out there whose job it is to find fuckable kids to put in t- <laughs> TV shows. I mean, that's yeah. a creepy position to have. Yeah. I don't know how much I believe. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I sent you that documentary, that link. It's called uh, Out of the Shadows. It was on YouTube. It was about a, a stuntman in Hollywood whose career is now kind of over. And he's saying he learned after all these years that Hollywood is a propagation tool for the U.S. government and particularly the CIA. And that's one thing. And that's very provable because you can show examples where the CIA contact Disney to like do propaganda, propaganda films and stuff like that. Yeah. But then he kind of translates it into modern times where the propaganda is sort of a pro pedophile propaganda pro pedophile in what way um that they are trying to normalize the sexualization of people young people like teenagers the the tricky thing is it's like i feel like normalize i feel like in the 70s teen i mean teenage girls were just like dating older guys oh my god all the time just that was the deal even in the 80s and 90s i remember i was on vacation i was i was 12 years old and there was a 13-year-old girl I had a massive crush on. She had a 22-year-old boyfriend. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of normal for a while. And it's super creepy. Super creepy. Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old cousin at Grand Poe. I mean, it was something yeah. that happened. People were like, well, what are we going to do? And then before then, I mean, I mean, you 1800s, people getting sold for cows and shit. Yeah, and there's obviously still branches of Mormonism that like try to get away with marrying and having sister wives that are, I don't know, it, it's... It's something that really f- freaks me the fuck out having a daughter. Um, and I do think that, back to your combat only OnlyFans, I do think that sex work, whether people and porn as well, whether people want or not, it does fetishize uh, pedophilia a lot. And that you can't <laughs> sort of divorce sex work and pornography from sex trafficking because they are linked inextricably. So that's a nice light subject. We this shit uh, got heavy, man. I know, and here I want to talk about a fun little story. There's, um, dude, there's so much, there's so much of that in the news about like Hollywood pedophiles and like, what, what's his name? Tom the, Hanks. <laughs> I, who knows? I mean, well, here's the weird thing about Tom Hanks. So, X Men Two guy, Brian Singer. Brian Singer, he's but, notorious. But that's also kind of here's here's what I believe. What? And this bugs me that I believe this, but I really truly believe this. I believe that if you are making money for the machine in a big way, make a lot of money machine, you can pretty much get away with anything. And I've said this before. If Harvey Weinstein's last movie was Pulp Fiction and not Tulip Fever, mm-hmm. then he never would have been exposed. I believe that. Because Harvey Weinstein hadn't made a hit in a few years. Independent films had have died for the most part at that point. And, um, I disagree with that, but Harvey Weinstein well, they, is definitely under But in the, in the late 90s with Sex Lives Videotape, when Sundance was in the heyday, there's so much money. Like when I was in graduate school, all I did was see independent films. Mm. But now it's people go to movies for the blockbusters, and blockbusters are getting better. And A24 is still killing it. You seen those that's movies? True. That's, yeah. Those shits. Those are the best movies. But the that most, come out. yeah, I agree. But the most independent films that do well are usually horror films at this point. That's so, true. but my point is, Harvey Weinstein, his star had already fallen, his power had already fallen, and yeah. that's when. So then you have someone like Jamie Fox gets gets um, accused. No way. Yeah, and he just uh, and it went away. 
because Jane Fox is still a star across many, now I'm not saying it's true I now. didn't even hear about that but the big one which kind of freaked me out was Cristiano Ronaldo I heard about that one and and the crazy thing about that is because I always thought he was gay <laughs> not every hot guy is gay Tommy well. <laughs> but that situation was woman said that they were at a party in Vegas and whatever like she's drunk she's in bed and he just like I think he fucked her and they asked from behind but definitely fucked her from behind and and she was like no whatever and like and his defense was well she was there and she was presenting her ass to me <laughs> like he basically admitted that she never said yes he admitted that it was forceful he admitted that like he just saw it and he took it and he is such an by the way he's a number one oh yeah Follow person on Instagram. He's maybe the biggest, whether we know it or not, he might be the biggest celebrity in the entire world. Do you right? follow soccer? I used to. I played soccer. In I know you played college. it, yeah. But then I kind of gave up because I was, I never played, so I was like, fuck. But I, yeah, I, I, you know, I love it. I love watching the World Cup. Same. Um. So Christian, he was just too much. He made too much money for too many people to let him I mean, go down. He, I mean, talk about untouchable people. Yeah. I mean, he's top of the list globally. Yeah. Of so just like. Invincible. So I don't know what the deal is with Tom Hanks. That seems very conspiracy theory. But I was talking to a woman who was like, you know, he's a pedophile. And I was like, bullshit. That's crazy. And then she showed me his Instagram. And his Instagram is creepy as fuck. Tom Hanks has a creepy goddamn Instagram. There would be just a picture of like a, a, a girl's footy on the sidewalk. And he'll take a picture of it and make some kind of joke like, oh, someone's missing their footy. That's fine. But then it's dozens of little girls' clothes on the floor that he's taking pictures of, like on different, it's not always little girl stuff, but there's enough little girl stuff. I'm like, please keep showing like little girl shoes, like in the side of the road. Sometimes like suspicious of famous actors. <laughs> I just feel like it's kind of a weird, uh, or like just famous, super hyper famous showbiz people. It's such a strange existence. So separated from reality, kind of like Michael For Jackson. Sure. Yeah. It's like they're operating in a world without rules yeah in a world without boundaries in a world where they kind of perceive themselves as gods of course and and i just wouldn't be that surprised well because look what look at the roman empire look at the roman empire every every emperor in the roman empire is very f rare to find an emperor in rome who is sort of monogamous and they were all fucking boys and girls and orgies it was cr i mean caligula is the least of it just doing whatever they want they were, they were like so i think there's something about hollywood and i i wanted to do a joke about this but it's a little like how does it even come up that do you think that that is the natural progression of someone with unlimited power it just seems like people have everything. all roads lead to a young child's butt apparently oh god have we talked about this before i hope not <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Anyways, I feel like we were supposed <laughs> but to be I was talking like, about something like, else. Like, because I think what happens is some of these people, mm -hmm. they've done everything. Yeah. They've experienced everything. They've traveled the world. They did anything. Maybe they're at a party and they're, they have a little brandy sifter and they're being all like, oh, and being all fancy and shit. And some guy's like, hey, I've dated supermodels. I've traveled the world. I've done everything. I'm only 35 years old. There's nothing left. And the guy comes up and it's like, well, you haven't tried everything. Uh, and yeah, that's I how it, it gets, starts. It gets normalized because it's like these people are so out of touch with what is okay and what is normal because yeah. people at the tippy tippy top feel like they're just whining and dining with other people and they yeah. all kind of have this godlike status mm -hmm. of like nothing nothing's gonna happen you can try anything and they 
I don't know. It's sort of like its, it's like own ego. Cult. They just get corrupted. Because if you look at cults and how cults are developed and how cults are born and bred and how they run amok, it's usually the people, once they get out of the cult, Scientology being, if you look at that as a cult, right? once they're out, they're like, what the fuck? But while they're in it, look at Jim Jones and everything that happened down there. I mean, they're, they were so ensconced and they were so brainwashed by the belief system that yeah. he propagated that that were time to like oh let's kill ourselves so they were like Bleh. I mean apparently most of them were forced at gunpoint but a lot of them voluntarily so I think that um, it's that level of fame in Hollywood I think it does become kind of like this cult where they just they're in this fucking untouchable bubble it's the ring of power yeah you know? the ring of power means you want to fuck children I think That's it just scary. I think it just absolute power corrupts absolutely you yeah, know I it agree. just turns people into evil yeah, I know you believe that about billionaires, and <laughs> I do believe that about billionaires. I wonder if Jeff Bezos. Anyway, so oh, I let's I, let's. Who knows? Slander. I wouldn't put anything past him. <laughs> let's let's get out of this uncomfortable uh, and talk about psychedelic drugs, which is so much more gentle and sweet. Yeah, people aren't <laughs> even going to get to that part. They're going to be like, "This is a pedophile episode." This is terrible. <laughs> we can always cut it. We're not going to cut it. <sighs> so gotta, the first thing that I save conversations. You know, like all right, maybe let's. But what we we're saying is something. it's, it's cra- look, here's the thing. It mm. exists. It does. It exists. And we oh. in our brains can't comprehend it existing at the level it exists. Do you know how many people are trafficked out of, it's something like 8,000 people <laughs> get go trafficked out of LA ports <laughs> 30 minutes later. every day. The numbers of, of, of people that get sex trafficked out of LA ports and Long Beach harbors, it's astounding. I saw an I exhibit hate it, up. man. I hate it. It's like... So we don't know. We're we, we're toiling away in the fucking matrix, thinking. And meanwhile, there are people who are, who are just crazy, running things at a high level. It is. It is like, I think anything you get in, even like comedy. Like, I think when I was surrounded by people, that's why you really like if you want to make it in comedy or something like that, you do have to dive in and become a part of a community. You have to normalize whatever weird behavior you're doing. Yeah. Because comedy. Like performing stand up is such a weirdo thing to do. Yeah. It's so off normal that to to be confident in it, you do have to be surrounded by other people who are doing it just to normalize it in your own brain. Yeah. Of like, oh, this is I'm I'm yeah. not weird. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Cause if you're just surrounded by like dudes from your hometown who are like working jobs like a blacksmith, like if yeah. you go drink with a bunch of blacksmiths and <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're going up on stage and you're like, blah, 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 you know, it, you would truly feel like a crazy person. Yeah. You got to get in here, meet a whole bunch of comedians, realize that this is the world. And then after a while, you're going up there and doing the thing like it's second nature. Yeah. And not to equate that to pedophilia. I can't believe I <laughs> say that's not what I'm saying, but I just mean in but any it is, culture. It, cult we are thing. in a kind of bizarre cult as yes. damn comics. It is a cult. People look at us and they go. How That's could you possibly so do that? Fucking weird. Yes, but they they admire it, but they're also like, I don't get it. You and know? they're also they almost don't comprehend it how it's possible. Yeah, which being inside of it seems absurd. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I just go up and I do the thing. Yeah. But before we started, I did look at stand-up comics and say, How could you do that? It's a magic trick. It's yeah. a magic trick. Yes. Here's a funny story, and I'm, it's going to be very name dropping. Oh, I just dropped another name. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio apparently wants to try stand-up comedy. Gross. And <laughs> I know this because 
a f- I'm friends of a friend of his, and she showed me the text exchange between her That's and Leonardo DiCaprio. About. The ego, they just want to try everything. She's like a young comic. She's in the comedy store, and she's and he goes, "Hey, I want to try stand up comedy," and she goes, "Well, do you want me to help you write jokes?" Uh-huh. She writes jokes, and. He said, nah, I don't need that. I'm a f- pretty funny guy. I'm just going to go up there and wing it. Hilarious. Which is what they all fucking say. Especially someone with the level of power and lack of... And confidence. Like, someone like Leo DiCaprio, if he says a joke that's bad, everybody's laughing. Oh, yeah. I mean... But, I don't know if you saw the documentary Comedian, Seinfeld documentary. Uh-huh. He did say something, which I feel I've seen borne out on stage, The Laugh Factory. Yeah. Which is when you are very famous, you it buys you five minutes of grace. Yes. And after five minutes, if you're shit in the bed, it'll become apparent. When I said everybody's laughing, I mean people in his circle. Yeah. I mean people that he hangs out with who are yes men who are trying to get close to him. Yeah. I don't mean on stage. Yes. So his perception of himself is that he's incredibly funny. Yes. Because everyone around him is sucking his dick all day. Yes, of course. But Literally when he gets on stage, the five-minute rule applies. So, yeah. So, he'll go up on stage. People lose their mind, take out their phones, take photos. Oh, my God. And he'll say a little story. And then Once they'll, I they'll got laugh. my photo, I don't owe you nothing. But then, I've seen it happen with tons of They start telling yeah. stories. They don't know how to craft a punchline. And then people just kind of politely laugh. Like and it's they kind of Broadway just play. come off as egomaniacs. Yeah. Because their stories that they think are interesting are all Hollywood insider bullshit yeah. that no one can relate to. Yeah. They're all like, and then <laughs> when, my yes. maid said this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, nice one, dude. When Tim Allen came back into stamp comedy and he was at the Laugh Factor a lot, he'd been off for a long time. There was definitely a disconnect at first. He had yeah. to like kind of get his, because he was talking about a lot of stuff. People were like, I don't know if I'm relating to what you're saying. And then he got his footing. He was great again. But it took a while for him to like re- capture his old self like you know? when ellen came back and the jokes were all about how rich she was i didn't see that special was it good it's called, eh, it's fine because ellen's also a fucking cunt i've heard a lot of bad stories She's about ellen fe- there's a group called after ellen in la and when they all hang out people worked with her and they just yeah. have wine and talk about what a bitch she is that's such a bummer she was such like a bright young star it makes me think that she should be an oscar-winning actress because she has everyone duped in america Everywhere, there's a few actors I've, I've heard like they're just nightmares, and you never, you you don't know, and then you hear you're like nah, and then you have three other people. Like, oh, yeah. Why are why are people like that? What happens? I don't. Because they they fought so hard to get their power that now they have it. They're terrified of losing it and what it could mean to them. Do you think these kind of? I think maybe it's two things. It's like power hungry sociopaths are drawn to the power. Of fame in Hollywood. Yes. Right? So there's just a lot of those types in this world. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like sweet young people who enter into the system that's controlled by those types and get corrupted by it. Here's a good corollary, I think. Okay. So my brother, mm-hmm. James Dawes, I probably shouldn't be linking him to this <laughs> podcast. Jimmy Dawes. Jimmy Dawes. Jimmy Dawes. He is prof- a professor at McAllister in... Uh, Minneapolis, which is not has seen better days, by the way. Okay. Um, but uh, Sorry, he's ge- he's a genius, right? Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book. He is one of the foremost scholars on the linguistics of war and war language. And he wrote a book called Evil Men. And basically, the premise of the book, which isn't a crazy out there 
idea is that obviously most people aren't born evil um, and most people get ensconced in the evil ideology and there is a systematic way that he breaks down this book. I'm not going to read it. I'm not fucking smart. But, uh, <laughs> it's like academic. But My like mom wrote how, a book. I didn't read it. How, it's like, like four or five things that almost happen across the board to create an evil person in society. Like what happens culturally and how you're able to systematically break these people down hmm. to get them enrolled in your and an evil point of view to the point which you know applies to Nazis, war criminals in Japan, yes, kamikaze pilots across the board. So, um, and it's not too dissimilar to what we're talking about with like Hollywood elite and pedo- pedophilia. Like there's yeah. a way that you can systematically break down someone's psyche in such a way that they embrace things that they never would have embraced unless they weren't completely submerged in this ideology, right? I mean, look at do you think Taliban's evil? Do you think Al Qaeda are evil? Of course. Do I look at myself and go, if I was with my personality type and all my genetic predispositions, if I was born in the Middle East mm. and I was indoctrinated into a system that believed America was evil, would I be someone who wanted to fucking bomb the World Trade Center? Probably. Probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean... Like, I never understood that people are like, oh my God, Nazi... Of, co- of course, Nazism is the most evil thing in the fucking world, but that doesn't mean every Nazi was evil unless you... Ascribe to the idea that if you are indoctrinated into any ideology which is evil, that you are now evil. That is kind of the thematic consistency of this entire podcast has yes. been being indoctrinated, <laughs> indoctrinated into evil ideology. Evil practices because it, it it happens all the fucking time and it, it really bugs does. Me out. And it also happens. And comedy is evil. <laughs> comedy is a little bit evil. <laughs> comedy is a practice. That but there's you also indoctrinate yourself look. There's into. something a little bit evil about Twitter too. Anything. I mean, what like what Jimmy Fallon, who from all accounts, by the way is a fucking super nice guy. He's someone you never hear bad, th- I mean, apparently he drinks a lot, but you never hear bad things about him, yeah. right? Now, a video just resurfaced from 2000 of him in blackface because he was doing an impersonation of Chris Rock. I thought that resurfaced a while ago. Every, but it just came back. Came back again? And now, and then canceled Jimmy Fallon, was trending on Twitter this weekend, and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> yeah. So, um, and J- Jimmy Kimmel had Jimmy, Now, look, if you're going to do an impersonation of Chris Rock... Look, I I don't know. I, I I get the idea, the historical issue with blackface. So I guess the idea is you can't do any realistic portrayal of someone who's except black. Tropic Thunder. That's the one exception. How come that hasn't like? Because that's making fun of people who do blackface. Interesting. It's like uh, the meta, the intent is Robert Downey Jr. is making fun of how actors in Hollywood think anything is okay as long as they're playing a role. That's interesting. people can see that. The intent is, God, people who do blackface are idiots. Yeah. So, it's okay. Well, that's that's the 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 intent that that we overlaid on it. No, that was the intent of the joke in the movie. And even with the thing about full retard and half retard, that was something that... The full retard, half retard thing is a different conversation. But uh, if for its time, that was okay. Yeah, for sure. No, but I, that is similarly that is similarly satirical of how Hollywood portrays mentally retarded people. Yeah, that's know? true. That's true. Um, so yeah, what do we get? Absolute power corrupts absolutely, and there is another world out there that is divorced from evil and is about nature and love, and that's what I want to talk about. Speaking of segues, psychedelic drugs. I took my first mushroom trip. 
Wow. Um, and <laughs> it's weird. After you hit 40, there's a thing where you go, I'm not going to do any. Like, I've done what I'm going to do. I'm not going to start Coke at 40. Good. I'm not going to start getting pegged at 40. There's right. things like, I've, I've lived this long. I've had a good life without it. I don't need to start doing now. Wait till 80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but something about psychedelics has always intrigued me. And I have to say that Joe Rogan is probably someone, I mean, I'm not, I don't stand for Joe Rogan. I love Joe Rogan, but I'm not like, but he, he, because of what he said about weed. Yeah. I think he, that's one of the reasons why I started doing weed other than to get off Ambien, um, which I haven't done in probably a year now. He's a man you respect and relate to. And if yeah. He says it's okay. I, I, I get it. Yeah. So he started weed in his forties and I was like, well, if Joe Rogan did it and he doesn't seem like he's slow when we're because t- the idea is that you're just gonna be hey bro what's up bro right and there are a lot of people who are really prolific and smart and their minds move a million miles an hour who smoke a lot of weed so i was like okay fine my biggest worry growing up was it'll destroy my precious brain cells yeah of which i need everyone and i still i still believe there is truth of that because my memory is for shit but um and i keep getting lost in my train of thoughts a lot more are you smoking a lot of weed huh you're smoking a lot of weed I'm not smoking weed every night, but I'm smoking weed three to four nights a week. I would say that that's enough for it to be affecting you. Yeah, so maybe I should calm down. I started smoking uh, CBD for a couple of weeks just as an experiment. And? I just had a bunch. Somebody gave me. And that was kind of fun. Yeah. It was, was kind good. of just like... It was different, though? I was like smoking weed and not getting high. I yeah. just got a little almost like a cigarette buzz. Well, the thing, here's the thing about... And this is almost like the pegging thing. Once I started having sex on the weed, yeah. then when I would have sex not on a weed, I'm like, sometimes I wouldn't want to. I'm like, well, I want to have the, then it became a crutch, which is bad. Right. I agree. Um, What's the tricky thing about enhancing anything? Like yeah. You have pancakes with strawberries on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't want and playing pancakes cream, anymore. So yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, I guess just with anything. So stuff, <laughs> the the weed definitely did get me present to a lot of the lack of integrity I had, a lot of places where I was inauthentic. And mm. I started kind of going, oh man, like if I was looking in the mirror stone going, yeah. like, uh, Bill, who the fuck are you? A lot of self-reflection in weed. It meant I had to fix that shit. And I feel better about being stoned, which, so I feel like the weed has helped me work through some stuff and be a little bit more honest with who I am I think and what I'm doing. I think the first stages of, being a weed smoker can have a really healthy effect on people. Yeah. Also, I think it's good to start a little late. I think when kids start in high school, I think... Did you start in high school? Um, Not really. I was kind of super anti-weed and drugs in high school. Yeah. I smoked weed for the first time senior year of high school. Okay. And then I got I think really, that should be the earliest you do it. I became like, kind of like a super pothead in college. Oh, yeah. And then now I'm out of that. Yeah. Um. So because I've had... Good times in weed. Yeah. I, um, there's a lady who recommended I do mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And every time the ideas come up, like people have always, oh, we should go to Burning Man, the blah, 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 desert, do some mushrooms, peyote, blah, blah. I'm always like, well, if the universe unfolds in such a way that I, it's, I have to, then I will. And this woman is someone who, um, makes me think well i'll just do whatever she says i should do because she's cool and she's together and wow hot so she's of course. got magical powers 
So um, she got, and we went to a place to buy the mushrooms. We went to this guy's house. It was like kind of like a weird, quirky, artsy house. And I'm sitting there like a little virgin, like, oh my God, Psychedelic so people are a, they're a very strange tribe. Yeah. But this guy was Shamans. also like, again, super prolific and was building his own house and just like, you know, like a like handyman and carpenter yeah, they are and an singer. interesting, and, eclectic bunch. Um, so, no, but I, hey, it's just, I literally felt like I was a virgin GI going into a whorehouse in Germany mm-hmm. during the war. I was, yeah. I was so nervous and I was shy. I was probably blushing like, well, how much weed do you think I should take? Yeah. And this guy's, 30 this guy's like 28. He's like, listen, you fucking boomer. <laughs> so, um, she got the weed. We drove out to the desert. Yep. Now I probably shouldn't blow Did up Joshua this- tree. No, fuck Joshua Tree, right. garbage. We uh, you know what I mean? Fuck Joshua Tree. Okay. We went to like that's like the desert where there's like oh look at a, a lizard, a cactus. <laughs> oh sorry, I'm talking about, my desert isn't. I'm desert talking about. For you. I'm talking about where the desert gets funky, funky, cool Medina. I'm talking about the desert where the dinosaurs lived and died, and where there was a seabed. I'm talking about what? southern Utah and northern Arizona. Now, oh, if you really nev- drove out there. Oh yeah, six and a half hours to to a place called Zion National Park, which is technically the northern rim of the Grand Canyon. Now, wow. Zion is um, it is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my entire life, right? Okay. And it's sort of, the Grand Canyon, it's obviously so big and cavernous. but it's a big old canyon. But then at the <laughs> end of North Tip, it becomes sort of something called slot canyons where it kind of like, almost like tendrils coming out. Okay. And you get to go in the slot canyons, you get to actually be really immersed in the canyons. Damn, okay. It, it is unbelievable. So that is a place where she goes, this will be the perfect place to do shrooms. And mm. I'm literally like nervous all day. Yeah. So she's, she's done shrooms before? She's done shrooms before. And it's just the two of you and there's no just one the sober? Just the two of us. Yeah. Got it. So we drive into this area, the scenic route of Zion, and there's a clearing surrounded by all these red rock mountains, you know, like millions of years old fucking dinosaur homes and it used to be a seabed apparently i should look more into what the how it was created and we're in the middle and there's a field next to a stream and we got there like dusk and we just were kind of hanging out and again i felt like i was losing my virginity Mm. and then we eat the mushrooms so here's what i i had we both took a cap or two caps each yeah which is the mushroom head okay and then we had a big stem that was probably five inches long thing and we split that in half yeah it's a good bit is that a good amount yeah it's a good amount i have no idea because she's like it's this mate we're supposed to i go i don't know what the fuck a I gram suppose it is depends on which shrooms you're taking to i'm also not, like, i'm also consistent. 200 pounds some right big boy mm-hmm. so um we ate it and, chew, and like right away i'm i'm so I, I i was nervous all day so i'm yeah. susceptible and i'm like, going like oh my gosh like like, like, ooh, is is it happening yet? And she's like, no, it takes f- like forty five minutes. You dipshit. Like, relax. Yeah. Um, oh, you know when it hits you. So this is what happens. So we mm-hmm. lay out the blanket. And then now it's dark, and we lay out a blanket. And this is going to sound it's a little nighttime? crazy. Because we got there at dusk. Oh boy. Now okay. we shouldn't be there for sure. Right. Because national parks think, unless you have a permit, you have to be out at nightfall for almost any one of them. Right. Right. And uh, we're on the blanket. Little adventure lady. And we're laying down uh-huh. and just then it's becoming darker, darker. Stars are coming out. Stars are coming out. And I feel different, right? I just notice I feel, I don't know how different I feel. I'm just kind of feeling like a little bit like, but also since I've been smoking weed, I'm always like, 
do I feel different? Is my brain forever all? I don't know. So at one point we're lying down. It's dark. And she says, look at the trees. I look at the trees. And this is experience I think is universal to a lot of people do mushrooms when you're in nature. Is you see the trees move, not in a way where it feels like you're hallucinating. Mm. They're not being crazy and waving. But you feel them just sort of, okay, here's a perfect analogy. Have you ever taken a video of your balls? No. Tommy, when you go home tonight, uh huh, take a video of your balls. Did you know about the cloud hackers? Huh? The cloud hackers. What, you're not going to be able to run for Supreme Court now because you took a video of your balls? Exactly. What the fuck are you worried about, weirdo? It's just a ball. Here's my point. You take a video the of the laws. balls. Mm-hmm. I heard about this. This is okay. one of those things I heard about. You video your balls? Video your balls. Just, okay. just I, I feel like I don't want to spoil the ending, but basically, <sighs> take a video of your balls. Uh-huh. Your balls are always on the move, bro. What? Your balls are never just hanging out, chilling. Your balls are worker bees. Your balls are constantly... Your balls are like after the Terminator gets shot and the fucking ectoplasm... That's what your ball. Your balls are constantly moving up really? and down, and ju- it's fucking creepy, bro. Your balls are alive. They're like right now in your pants. Your balls are like blah, 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 like moving around, switching places, and your testicles are talking. That to each other. is wild. It is wild, and you would never think that unless no. you took a video you of your fucking balls. And I'm talking about like when you're asleep at a hundred percent of the time. Just your balls are around. working nonstop, right? Even jumping jacks, I'm a sec. Yeah. Huh. You're going to take a video of your balls and it's going to change your life. Ugh. So I feel like that's what trees- I don't know if trees, I want to know about that. Trees are like balls. Okay. Because- shrooms, trees are balls. When I'm- Because I look <laughs> at the trees and this whole this whole landscape was uh-huh. just all these trees kind of next to each other, right? Yeah. And, she's looking, and so I look at the trees and the trees are, for lack of a better term, they look like they're breathing. And not in a way where I feel that uh, my eyesight has altered by the drug or I'm having an hallucination. I just feel like I finally see the true nature, no pun intended, of trees and how they exist because right. they're, they're, they're living and you see them just kind of like balls, just kind of like, like yeah. moving around that you see them. It looks like they're kind of talking to each other in this weird way. They're mm-hmm. not like jumping across and becoming elephants. They're just kind of like, and she was seeing the exact same thing I was saying. I was like, that's yeah. fucking weird. And you can look at it for a long time. And then I laid down and looked at the stars. And I swear to God, after a few seconds looking at the stars, you see lines between the stars. Yeah. And this is another thing. I go, do you see lines between the stars? She says, yes. And it made me think about, I've never been a huge astrology fan, but I think that when people were making constellations, mushrooms have been around for thousands of years. These Big fuckers con. were probably taking mushrooms, looking yeah. at the stars, going like, look at the fucking lines between the stars. I agree. Look at the patterns. I, when I looked at the sky, that was like me getting it for the first time. Stars as well? Yeah. You saw the lines between the stars? Well, about three months ago, I also took a good amount of shrooms and went out to the desert. Joshua Tree, sorry. Sorry Lame. to disappoint. <laughs> and, it, and it honestly got way too intense. Oh, and really? I had kind of a very scary... We're, we're going yeah. to circle back to that. I hate saying circle back. It makes me feel like I'm about to do a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, continue. So... I'm look, and I'm I'm like the stars look like they're and she goes yeah, I see that, and then it look like I said we're in the middle of this canyon surrounded by these red rocks and we look up and all the stars look like they were kind of coalescing, hmm. kind of in yeah. So on the edges you can't see, there are no stars. That's I'm sure that's because of the light right. The light just bleeds out over there. There's that's where society begins. But in the middle of the canyon it's just dark and stars and nothing on the perimeter. And I swear on my fucking life i go 
if there are UFOs, this is the perfect place to reveal yourself. Okay. I'm in a vortex in the Grand Canyon on mushrooms watching nature reveal itself to me. If you're, and I le- I, I'm yelling out, I go, if there are any UFOs, reveal yourself to me. And I, I shit you not. Uh-huh. Something appeared in the middle of the sky. It wasn't like from one end of my, in the middle of the sky, and it went all the way across the end. And as I'm looking, I look over, she's looking at it too. Mm-hmm. I go, you saw that, right? She goes, yeah. She goes, it might be a plane. It's going really fast though. Because it was like, like through the fucking stars. Right. And after it went, <laughs> after it went to that edge of the, and it disappeared, um, I looked back at stars. They weren't connected anymore by lines. And they looked like they spread apart. I go, it looks like the stars are spread apart and there aren't any lines. She goes, yeah. That's what's happening. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, how are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Are we just convincing each other we're seeing this shit? So that was weird. But here's the weirdest part. Then I start kind of, I don't know if I got paranoid, but I started like, I said, I think they're coyotes. There are phases to shrooms. Yeah. There are distinct phases and like how you feel mm-hmm. and and that will happen it starts yes. off so fun and then it does move into this strange kind of paranoia but i think that the paranoia too is good because yeah. i think it's something it's not like the shrooms made you paranoid the shrooms revealed things that you're so i said I yeah go, yeah for sure i go wait because we start hearing things in the in the branch in the trees like movement and i'm sure there are animals or whatever the fuck it is and I go, Sh-, and I think I heard a coyote bay. And I go, shit, I think something's wrong. Like maybe there's coyotes. And I got a little paranoid. And then I said, I don't know why this is so fucking funny. I go, do you think there are bears? And she said verbatim, of course, we're, of course there are bears. We're in the desert. It's a jungle out there. And that made me laugh for about 30 fucking minutes. <laughs> we're in the desert. It's a jungle. Anyway, so, um, then I see the lights around the rocks changing, right? Because hmm. and I'm with, uh, what's that? and there's a car, and a car goes to, like a, a road, probably about f- sixty yards away from us, goes around, plays against all the lights of the, of the rocks, goes away, and I look after the lights disappear. I look back, and the entire landscape has changed. Everything is dark and mm. muted, and the colors have changed. Yes, and the trees aren't moving, and I go, we gotta get the fuck out of here. I go, something just changed. Yeah. We got to go. We start packing up. Two minutes later, cop call, car, cop car comes by. Wow. Stops. Sees my car, which is illegally parked at this location after, and it's probably like 11 o'clock. And the, um, I starts to shine the light. Where are you? In the car or hiding? No, we're, we're, in, we're on the field in the kind of valley. You moved away from the car? We're in the car, and then we walked down to the valley. So we're probably about 50 yards from the car. When you said you got to move, you moved to the valley? Yeah, we parked the car, got out of the car, walked down, okay. put a blanket in the middle of the valley. Mm-hmm. I see the light shining. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, she's like, what do we do with the shrooms? I go throw it away. She throws the shrooms. They like literally land three feet away from her. <laughs> got it. <laughs> and we, we got to go. So we walk up, and I swear to God, my high went away like that. I was so cogent. I was like, hmm. probably in, from his point of view, I was like, ooh. But right. I felt super like, uh, hey, officer, we were just hanging out. We got here around 6 p.m. And, you know, I, I, we're not allowed to be at play total dumb. Like, right. And he's like, I'm sure it happens all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, yeah, yeah, get the fuck out. And he lets go. Um, and he goes, y'all white people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, um, by the way, not a lot of black people in the Zion. 
I think I saw one black person the whole time. Utah hiking plus is, nature. Yeah, yeah. Hiking is very much still a white thing, kind of, right? Not yeah. A lot of black people are like, hey, you want to go hiking today? The general consensus that I have heard is that black people don't fuck with wild animals. Yeah. So. They don't like snakes or insects or something like that. I don't know. So, um, anyway, that was my experience with, with shrooms. And it, I felt like it went away right after that. It did, it did sort of allay my fear because this was such a pleasant experience. Yes. That made me go. But then people say it can go. Now, back to your story. So, you, what was your first experience with psychedelics? Um, let me think. I was always super, super scared of psychedelics. I was always super anti-weed, mm-hmm. anti-drugs, anti just because out of fear, because there's so much propaganda. Yeah. I would say, especially in like the Christian South. You grew up Christian too, right? Yeah. Episcopalian. My mom was like a choir director, so we went every Sunday for a this good long like time. This was a Catholic light. Catholic light, yes. Diet Catholic. Yeah. Where like women can be priests and uh, it's, Priest basi- can fuck. it's basically like liberal Catholics. Yeah, the service is still boring as hell, mm-hmm. but we do the same you stuff. Do communion, yeah, yeah, real wine. Uh, my mom was like the cool choir director for the nine o'clock, and then there's the eleven o'clock where they do only hymnals that are super boring, and we did the cool music. By the way, when I was doing communion as a kid, so we'd have the wine, we'd have the goblet with the wine. Yeah. Hundreds of people go up. They drink from the same fucking uh-huh. goblet, and then yes. he take a little fucking cloth as a, a cloth. loop, useless. And then another person. That has to stop now. That will never exist again. I right? mean, yeah, probably. Although, like, how do you get COVID from the blood of Christ? <laughs> I'm sure that's people believe. They're like, I'm not gonna get COVID this from the blood, the blood of Christ. Of Christ. It's been blessed. Come on, come on. I believe this is blood. Well, of Christ. We're we're well into the wafer dip era. Oh, that's right. People used to dip wafers, too, because they'd want to get people's joints. Wafer dipping is the, uh... Although, if you're a hardcore Christian, you're taking a sip, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I took a sip my whole fucking you're life. You're gobbing that shit. Anyways, um... Oh, 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 so psychedelics. So, I had a... My first girlfriend, God bless her. It's always a girl. She, uh, she was, like, just a cool... She's cool as hell. Every time I look <laughs> back on her, she was such a cool person. What's she up to now, Tommy? Get her back. No, no. She's um married with kids in North Carolina. Nah, she's in New York City with a boyfriend actor. Ugh. Yeah. Tommy, what does she do? She's a singer. Stupid. She's okay. great. Uh, You're still in love with her, aren't you? I mean, I, I think I will always be in love with her. I think she just taught me a lot about being a person. That's awesome. Yeah. She's cool. Uh, anyways. So she says. So she has done psychedelics. She was like, I'm going to do some. You should do them with me. And mushrooms specifically. Right. She was doing like acid and I was doing mushrooms, I believe. I was more comfortable with mushrooms. That seems safer. I would safer. be more. It seems safer. It acid safer. It's, seems it's, like laboratory tech. Isn't there something on a on a scale of of psychedelia? That it's like mushrooms, LSD, then ayahuasca. Um, I think it's kind of like a made-up scale. I think mm. LSD and mushrooms are kind of similar. Is it the same active ingredient? I don't know. That's no, no, use. it's not the same active ingredient. Psilocybin. I, I would say that shrooms are safer. Uh huh. But I think what from what I've been told, like LSD is more of an upper, right? LSD is more of like a 
fun kind of stimulation experience. Uh-huh. Now, LSD... I've done it, but... I might be wrong about this, mm-hmm. and we'll go back to your story, but what does an LSD invented and created by the CIA for mind control experiments? Isn't that how the origin of it? Or did I just make um, that shit up? I think I it's a Google mix that. of that and, like, is a chemical that was discovered when they were trying... They were trying to make something to solve something else Mm -hmm. and then they discovered it and then they studied it and i uh, think it was i think originally i don't really you know we're gonna look it up okay so the proper term is lysergic acid diethylamide no it's acid effects simply include alter thoughts feelings awareness of one's surroundings they see or hear things that exist dilate people's blah 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 between half hour and last up to 12 it is mainly used as recreational or for spiritual reasons you know what's so strange? The first time I did shrooms, I was with my girlfriend at the time. And the first time I did acid, we had broken up and I went to a party and I saw her. So that was kind of a weird Wait, repeat loop. that again? You, the, the first time I did shrooms, I did it with that girlfriend. Okay, so she was doing outside. Let's go back to that story. Right, okay, so I did shrooms. and Where, where were you when you did the shrooms? I put them in the tea. I was in her bedroom in her house. Which seems like not the place to do a confined place to do mushrooms, but maybe it is. I think it was great. Okay. I had super good... So what was your reaction? It took... Four, tea, did it take 45 minutes? It or took a time? while, then it kind of hit hard, and I was like, oh, I just kind of felt really high. Yeah. Like I was getting really minor visuals, but I was mostly just getting like that emotional. And then I went out into the yard in the nighttime, uh-huh. and I kind of had this spiritual... Every time I do shrooms, I have a very spiritual experience. Yes. Almost like I'm communicating with nature. Absolutely. In a super, like, In a way that you couldn't do otherwise. Right. It's like I'm connected. It's like, it's like everything in the world is little energy balls and like little magnets. And yeah. I can feel the push and pull of the magnets of the world and the trees and the grass. And I'm like interacting with all of it without touching or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I start having these like deep thoughts and these like kind of like emotional flashbacks, like not flashbacks of things that I could put a image or a name to, but Uh I'm having like feelings that I've maybe buried deep down and repressed kind of come up and I have to confront them. And I remember I just wept. Like, I don't think in the yard, in the courtyard. Yeah. I don't think I had cried. she, She was with me. I don't think I had cried in like years. Do you like know maybe what, since I was a kid. You, were you crying about the experience of the beauty, or do you know? I don't know. It was kind of like happy tears, but it was almost like the release of trauma. Sure. And I don't think that I had gotten emotional in like maybe over a decade, you know? Because yeah. like growing up, it was like you cry because you're a baby, and then you become like a boy in like a boy world uh-huh. where crying is seen as like pussy shit, yeah. and you lock it down. And yep. never again, for no circumstances. And it's like a point of pride. And then you go to acting class. You're like, oh, I can cry again. Right. Well, I've never been to acting <laughs> class. So I just took shrooms and like, it's like unlocked the vault. You really and it all came out. for 10 years. Probably not. Wow. And shit just, I just cried for like 10 minutes. And I wasn't like sad. I was, I was looking at her like, I don't know why this is happening, but I can't stop. Yeah. And she was just like, she was like, probably, all like, right. Was, yeah, she I'm was like, you. this is wild, but... <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening. This is just, I, it's like a leak. I can't shut it off. Yeah. And then, and then we just kind of hung out and ate snacks and shit. Did you bone? 
Ooh, no. I don't think so. Because mushroom boning is supposed to be better than weed boning. I heard it's kind of weird. I haven't done it. I heard it's a little bit like strange instead of like, like weed boning is all good, right? Mm-hmm. But mushroom boning is like, you're kind of, there's so much thinking going on. It's. I think that it's good to have sex and be disconnected from the human that you're having sex with. Really? Not for the whole time, hmm. but to have the luxury to disappear into a different state and into yourself, into your thoughts in a way that doesn't feel weird or make you feel guilty. Yeah. I think is great. You can always like get eye contact and yeah, grab their face and then choke them a little bit and come, you know, but like then you can disappear back into the la la land. I don't think I would want to choke someone on shrooms. Also, <laughs> I don't know how, which brings me to like the second, the desert shroom mm-hmm. experience, which was cause that first experience was kind of all good. And it kind of felt like every time I do shrooms, it feels like a therapy session. Like yeah. I come out of it feeling like I've confronted uh, like a monster within me. Yes. And I've slain it. Like I've, I've seen something that I refused to look at for a long time. And now I have, I have like reincorporated it into my psyche in a healthy way. Interesting. So when did, how, did it end in, after it was over? Did it feel weird? Did it just kind of slowly fade? The first trip? Oh, yeah, it just slowly faded. So after, everything was after that, you're like, okay, it's cool. I did it. I dug it. Psychedelics are cool. Psychedelics are cool. This chick is hot. This and chick is hot. So number two, yeah. same experience or number two, get weird? Uh, well, the second time I did shrooms was a bunch, a bunch of comedian friends, and we only had Oof. like two shrooms and we barely we chopped it up in between so us. you almost like microdosing we almost kind of microdosed as a group and we all had so much fun okay um yeah microdosing this, i guess is a sort, sort of newer thing that everyone's talking about people microdose every day now we didn't and, call it microdosing yeah, we course. called it we that's a new kind of hip way of saying the other thing is like north carolina is like if you can get shrooms that's like rare yeah it's kind of a pain in the ass yes how do people even like how i don't know you just gotta know somebody who knows somebody and that somebody knows somebody who has a mushroom farm? I guess. Are they mushroom farms? Anybody or do, can grow them. do you forage them in, in mountains and shit? Oh, do you definitely grow them? I doubt anybody's okay. just stumbling upon them. Um, so we, I want to get back to, because then you, at one point you did LSD. So back to LSD. According to Wikipedia, 10% of people in the U.S. have done LSD at some point, which is crazy to me that 10%. Mm. That seems like a very high number. Doesn't surprise me. Um, it was most popular in the 680s. Okay. Treatments for... Uh, they're, it's not addictive. Um, it was made by a guy named Albert Hoffman in 1938. A chemical from the fungus ergot. Ergot. Huh. Um, he discovered it in 1943. In the 50s, CIA believed the drug might be useful for mind control, so they tested it on people. <laughs> this is crazy. We're at the MK, MK Ultra program, which was like hushed up and covered for years and years. The and CIA years. in the 50s, 60s makes me laugh so hard. Crazy. It's like some, some silly sci-fi. This shit. is why I believe in a lot of conspiracy theories because MK, like MK. What are you talking about MK? And now it's like, ah, okay, you got us. Yeah, we were doing mind control experiments, <laughs> mind and now it's like control. all out and everything's being declassified. And like, <laughs> ah, yeah, we you were got us. Yeah, it's silly. When we tried, but they would give the drugs to people who who didn't even know they were taking it. Yikes. It's called MK Ultra. So MK Ultra is something people Wait, can I pee real quick? Um yes, you can pee. I will I will um I'll read a little bit more about LSD. You can also just pee in a bush. That's why we're outside. Is my door open? Yeah, it's open, Tommy. Um so LSD was sold as a medication for research purposes under the trade name Delicid in the fifties and sixties. 
It was listed as a Schedule One controlled substance by the UN in 71. It currently has no approved medical use. Interesting. Now, as of 2008, there were no un, there were no documented fatalities attributed directly to LSD. Despite this, several behavioral fatalities and suicides have occurred due to LSD. Eight individuals who accidentally consumed very high amounts by mistaking LSD for cocaine developed comatose states, hypothermia, vomiting, gastric bleeding, and respiratory problems, but they survived. Um, I have not done LSD. I don't know how I feel about doing LSD. When I was in high school and when Tommy gets back from his monster piss, uh, we'll discuss this. I was told when I was in high school that if you do LSD more than eight times, you are now classified as insane. That is impossible to do LSD eight times and not be considered insane. Have you heard that, Tommy? What? When I was in high school, um, the word was about LSD, like, because apparently it, 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 does something to your spinal fluid it eats away your spinal fluid but there was there was a thing that you can have flashbacks well that but i also heard that um and this is being put out there as just scientific knowledge that everyone in high school knew like an urban myth like if you do lsd more than eight times you're insane (laughs) i think i heard that so it was type of thing like well i did it four times i'm just under the insane threshold you know what i mean and if you heard about a kid who did it 10 times you're like he's insane i've also heard about people who have like accidentally unlocked their mental illnesses with psychedelics oh yeah i don't know how much validity there is to that but i heard some people are like schizophrenic and they don't know it and they do like too much drugs and then they kind of like that makes a lot of sense they don't recover yes um i think that also one of the things that we were they were people would say to get people off LSD. It's interesting that LSD became something that the government used for PTSD, for mind control, and then they just completely said, nope, it's terrible, don't fucking do it, blah, 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 because I guess it wasn't useful for mind control. And then the hippies took it from that point on. I think there is a lot of uses in doing psychedelics at least one time. Well, I mean, Steve Jobs very famously, you know, I think he was at a college and a speech and he was asked, what's the one advice you would give to young entrepreneurs or computer scientists or people trying to create good in the world? And he said, take LSD. Wow. And everyone was like, heads exploded. Like what? I can't believe what an evil piece. And like now apparently in Silicon Valley, LSD is like, you can't be in the fucking game in Silicon Valley trying to create big shit without doing LSD. It's almost like being a rapper and getting shot. That's hilarious. Like you need to do LSD to be at the top of the game in big tech. Yeah. So it's apparently everywhere in San Francisco, mm. in Silicon Valley right now, which is interesting. Um, so you did the mushrooms, second trip, a little bit more tense. When did you transfer to LSD? When was the first time you tried well, that? Well, the thing with LSD is I was always kind of still sketched out by it. I was Why like, were you sketched out by it? Just because? Uh, I just had this line in the sand in my brain about like man-made drugs. Got I was it. like, I'll smoke weed, I'll do mushrooms. That seems like from the earth. Yes. So it's good. Yeah. It's like God put God it here. God is okay with it. That's it's not what tampered the, with. That's what the burning bush was. Let's yeah. be honest. It was weed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but it was just an impulse. I was with my buddy, and we were going to a party, and he was like, 
do you want to take half to have acid? And I, was, and I was just, in the moment, I was like, fuck it. So I just did it. So a tab is like it's a little sticker or something you put it on top of yeah, your tongue. Yeah, yeah, And a half a tab is that, that's not a lot, right? It's not that much. And I was like, is this going to fuck me up? And he's like, eh, No, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Always. Uh, so then I was like, all right, I, I was just kind of feeling wild. I mean, this is, I think, last semester of college. Was so. it a party that you were going into where you felt maybe nervous or was it like nah, cool. I probably okay. know most okay. people there so you know most people so you're going to the good so and it's I saying, think it was end of the year it was like kind of like got it all the seniors are leaving yeah. so there's something ritualistic about taking at this point right right yeah that's what it felt like so when you went into how long did it take to kick in eh, same ish same amount like 45 minutes maybe even less okay and then uh, well uh, super stimulated but the funny thing was that I then saw that same girlfriend who is now an ex and I kind of like broken my heart in a way mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a very strange party I was just so kind of when walking saw, around you saw wide your ex, eyed your yeah. ex with a, like a new guy yeah I think so 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 that's a weird bummer to have in this altered state it was it kind of sent me into this uh, introspective yeah, spiral Interesting And the other thing about LSD Is I was taking it Real late in the night Because that shit keeps you up Oh It's super stimulating And it lasts A very long time Yeah So I basically got home From the party I mean the party was just like Me walking around You walking around Looking at people For maybe 45 minutes Were you seeing minutes. Anything hallucinogenic Were you I didn't think I I don't think I took enough to be super but things were brighter and things were just my perception was different yeah more than I, everything was moving it was more like I was looking at things differently yeah like I was I would probably look like a crazy person like I was probably just <laughs> looking around kind of just thinking just thinking 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 like a little but you weren't talking and saying crazy shit I'm sure that I talked to people yeah but I don't I have any recollection of what I said but then I, I, I didn't stay that long because yeah. I was like this is a lot yeah. This is a lot of stimulation. So I went home and then I just sat in and then my friends left me. So now I'm just alone and really high and super stimulated. And it's like late. So I stayed up till like six in the morning until in your room. No, no. What I did was I was like, I need to like, I need to go. And I, I was having all these thoughts like college was ending mm-hmm. like probably in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And and I was going to move out to LA, and I had a lot of doubt and wonder, and that's sure. kind of I think that's why I took it because I was kind of like I have a lot of questions. Maybe it'll answer some questions. And I uh, and I started I just ran out of my house and I just started walking around the college campus in like three in the morning, and walking around neighborhoods, and I kind of retraced all of my steps of the places that I had gone when I first got there. And I kind of just had this, these waves of memories. And I found this person's backyard. It was like the first place when I first got to college, I found uh, like two friends and we smoked weed. And we, it was the first time I smoked weed in college. And one of them was this flamboyant gay dude who was my RA and my roommate at the time, who was a good friend of mine. And he was like, he was kind of hitting on us and showing <laughs> us how to smoke weed and that everything was going to be cool. And he was a cool RA. So he took us down this path. And I went back to this... Um, this person's backyard and I went and I laid down oh, this is a total stranger's backyard <laughs> and I looked up at the through the tree branches at the moon uh-huh and the tree branches was all, were all silhouetted 
in these interesting patterns and these leaves and branches and then they started like swirling and making these kind of like like dark shadowy dragon heads in a scary way it was scary but i wasn't afraid yeah i was kind of fascinated and you knew that you were tripping i knew that i was tripping and i was i kind of thought it was beautiful yeah and i was all alone and i liked it and i kind of had this I don't know. It's, it's always kind of been a Another good experience. therapeutic moment. You weren't crying or anything, though. No, I, it was like the closing of a chapter. It was It was almost like, um, I think a lot of times, anytime I do psychedelics, it feels like I'm communicating with a higher power. Yeah, I buy that. Whether it's like in my own brain or in the universe or whatever, it feels like I'm having a spiritual connection of some kind. Yeah. And then, so that sounds like a good experience. Another good experience. All but good experiences. Since you haven't done psychedelics in a while now, you said that both of them turned on you, right? Both the mushrooms and the LSD turned on you in such a way, or you had experience in such a way that you no longer, you're like, maybe I got to fucking stop doing this. Okay, okay. Well, a couple months ago, I went into the desert like you did with a bunch of friends. Joshua Tree? Joshua Tree. Uh-huh. And, and it was like more planned out and it's, LA so it was like easier to get drugs and I hadn't done it for a really while and I was going out with some people that I really didn't know that well so a couple months like right before the quarantine right before quarantine yeah and a good friend of mine um, who I brought to the Laugh Factory Christmas party that lady friend lady okay got it she's cool she's also a comedian friend of the pod friend of the pod and this time they were like who wants to do the big the big cats and I was like, I've done it a couple times, but I've never really, really tripped. Like, I've yeah. just kind of gotten high, but I've never you didn't, you went for it. quote unquote tripping balls. No, I've always played it very cautious, yeah. very safe for obvious reasons. And this time I was like, Fuck it. we're surrounded, we prepped, this is the, the place you're supposed to do it. Let's people I trust, it. people I care about. Yeah, I know I'm going to be safe. There's a sober person here watching over us. We're all tripping together. Who was sober? The guy who drove. Okay. He was like the shaman. He brought the shrooms. Was he kind of like a shaman? He's a shroom guy. Shroom guy. Like he's a friend of fr- a friend and he does shrooms a lot and he knows a lot about them. So he goes him. around and touches your back when you're freaking out type of guy? Okay. Yeah. Right, right. And he, um, and at first I was like, I don't really know these people that well. I hope they're not creepy. And they all ended up being super nice, cool guys. But I took a lot, like big, two big fucking caps. Yeah. In the stems. And I was like, oh, Yeah. And then, like, I really had a shroom trip. Like, in a way where the times before were, like, baby, baby You're like, shit. oh, this is really what a shroom trip is. Because I was kind of thinking the shrooms were one thing. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, you just kind of get super high and hang around. And I, everybody's exaggerating when they yeah. say they, like, see all this shit. And they're like, yeah. like, oh, my God, everyone's, th- that's just for the movies. Got it. But I took so much this time that, like, it started off like always, but I was like really high and giggly and I was just mm-hmm. doing bits and I was laughing. <laughs> that first like hour when you're high on shrooms is the best. Yeah. It feels like Looney Tunes. Like yeah. you're just like, yeah, you know, and you're kind of like laughing at everything and everything is funny and you're seeing the beauty and like the stars and everything and I'm running around the desert and I'm kind of like just exploring everything. I'm like, everything is beautiful. You feel that you're in a cocoon of love. Yes, yeah, a cocoon of love. That's such a good way of putting it. And I was climbing this mountain and I was kind of like feeling like a knight. You know what I mean? I was filled with bravery and yeah. excitement. Yeah, and there's no one around except for your group. No one around except for our group. So then what happens is two hikers are, who are not in our group are walking by. 
because we're not that far into the desert. We're pretty well off the beaten trails, a safe distance, but yeah. we're kind of like, yeah, we're still going to run into some people. And I remember uh, the dude, the dude who's kind of leading it. He's on also on shrimps, but he's chill. He kind of looks at me like, yo, 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 you're kind of acting crazy. Chill. Because I was. I was kind of like, but you thought so you were acting fun. crazy in a fun way. I was, and I was, but these are strangers, so I should just tone it down for a little bit. Okay. Like when the cops came. But that's a weird thing to put in your head. Yeah. I imagine. It was, but then, but then the strangest thing happened because we were like, all right, let's walk down this hill back and meet up with the group. And then I swear to God, I started teleporting. And I think it was just like my brain was momentarily blacking out. And not only was I teleporting, the world around me was actively changing. Almost like a glitch in a computer game. Yeah. Like I would look up and see a mountain and then I would look up again and the it was like different. And maybe I was looking in a different place, but the mountain was gone. Yeah. And as far as my conscious perception, I was like, this is so weird. The entire world is... You're in a sim. I am. I am in a simulation. And like I was teleporting, like I would be a hundred yards away from the group, and then I would be seventy-five yards away from the group. And I don't remember traveling that distance. And I'm like, and, I, and I'm and I'm nervous about the people. I don't know where these hikers are or who they are. And I just remember kind of like bouncing around in the space. And then I f- I finally got back to the circle, but things are kind of shaky and I'm kind of like overwhelmed. So you're with your friends. The hikers are gone now. I'm with my friends and I had kind of been dancing around and acting crazy. But then what happened is I woke up on the ground. So you had a moment, you blacked out. I blacked out. And while I was blacked out, I saw these shapes, these like colorful shapes. You remember when you're blacked out? I, it's like, I wasn't really blacked out. I was just like seeing these weird visions. Yeah. And then I remember being woken up. It was like three people. It was almost like a movie where the eyes open and there's those three people looking down at you. Yeah. Concerned. And they were like, are you okay? Oh my God. And everyone was really panicked. Everyone was like, kind of put this panicked energy on me. And then I was like, oh, maybe everything's not okay. Is it possible that your perception of them was that they were panicked? I think they I think they were definitely nervous. Like the, I could read their faces. The other thing I want to say is that the visuals I was getting in the happy moment uh-huh. were wild. Like I was looking at rocks and I thought that they were snakes. Like everything was moving. Mm. Everything looked like serpent skin. Wow. The ground around me, everything was crazy. And then I had this second wave where I like looked at this bush and I kind of got really somber and I kind of like I think I talked to my dead grandmother. And this is all like happening in my head, but it was so visceral. Do you remember what your grandma said? It was, she didn't say any words. It was just like emotion. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it was just like I confronted the concept of death. And my grandmother died when I was a kid. So like that was my first experience was de- with death. And it's yeah. like, I kind of like, this bush was mangled and had no green on it. And it was, it looked like a, like a manifestation of, of death. death. Yeah. And I talked to it. I didn't wor- verbally talk to it, but I just walked up to it and kind of looked at it. And had, and had a this, conversation in your head. Right. And I was like, everything's going to be okay. That was the feeling you were left with. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is natural. I got this kind of cyclical uh, catharsis. Yeah. I was like, okay. 
I almost kind of got to reconnect with this energy of the person who not raised me, but like I spent so much time with my grandmother when I was a very small child. Yeah. And then she died. Uh, as always happens. Had you been thinking about your grandmother? It just kind of came out. No, of not at all. Yeah. I hadn't thought about her in so long. Yeah. But anyways, that happened. And then, and then I had this passed out experience. And did, do you find you woke up on the ground? So you I had woke up pa- on the ground. You fell probably, right? Oh, they said that I fell. Yes. Well, then that's probably what and happened. And then they kind of said something about like, you didn't hit your head, did you? And then that got in my head. And then at this point, there was probably an hour stretch where I was so high, I genuinely could not control my memories or thoughts. And when trying to make sure that I was okay, they this dude who I'm sure had the best intentions in mind, he was the sober guy. And he was trying to make sure I was okay. And he was like, what is your name and where are you from? And I could not remember. Wow. I, and uh, that really, really scared me. I was like, my name's Tommy, and I, where am I from? And I just, I, I could picture trees, but I couldn't access memories in my brain. Wow. To the point where I was like, okay, okay. Like, I, I probably couldn't even have said my parents' names at that point. Yeah. And then, and then I was filled with fear of like, oh my God, did I just like shroom myself into dementia? Yeah. Will my brain ever return is this and the other thing was like i wasn't really able to calculate my surroundings mm-hmm. they were like we're going to take you to the hospital potentially whoa so you weren't bleeding or anything though no everything was fine but it was just like we started walking to the car you must have been acting so fucking weird for have a bunch of people on shrooms to think that you need to go to the hospital well there was the one sober guy but also but also like i was really high and i <sighs> I just remember being, you know, no, what it was is my friend, uh, Mary Elaine Ramsey was there and she was also on shrooms for the first time. And she was like, we're taking him home. Like she was very adamant. So, so we went back to the car with the sober guy and he was going to drive us back. And I couldn't, I would look around and I had like little 10 to 15 second pockets of like coherence. Where I'd be like, it was, it was almost like I was blackout drunk, but on sure. shrooms. Yeah. And I would, I would see things and I would, everything was beautiful and very cool, but it was like I was in a dream. You know, you're in a dream and like time stops moving of linearly. Course. Yeah. Linear time stopped. That's what happened. Or at least my perception of it was no longer linear. Yeah. I felt like I was like, I was like 15 seconds ago and then I was a minute from now. And then I was like back 15 seconds ago. And I was walking with people and I was talking and I was saying things like, uh, and I was like, are people upset with me? Oh, wow. And they're like, no. And I was like, because I was like, I was kind of coherent, but in, in a way where my brain was kaput. Yeah. Like I was in the present moment and I was like, I was like, I see what's happening. We're going to the car. I realized that something has happened that I don't remember. And that everyone is concerned and that I need to get to safety because I'm clearly way too high. Yeah. And I was in my head because I had been high before. I was like, all of this is going to end. Yes. So you were able to tell yourself that. I asked them that. I was like, I was like, so I'm just, I'm just checking in. I'm incredibly high right now and I can barely even tell what's going on, but everything is going to end. This is all going to end. And they were like, yes, this is all going to end. 
and then and then we got in the car and it was like I would look out and I was just talking to my friend and I was just like all these all these memories and I felt like I was kind of I really started relating I felt like I was my father and I was so afraid of losing my memories like I felt mm. like I was a dementia patient who was completely helpless and and I was it's like I was coherent enough to know that I couldn't remember things mm-hmm. but that didn't mean that I could remember them yes which was very frustrating and scary sure because I just wanted I just wanted to go back to normal and I started thinking about how grateful I was for my life and I was like I had so many good things it's so many good things and now and now my brain is I hope I hope things are not uh, irreparable like I hope things go back and I kept looking out and we would be driving and then I would lose focus and I would kind of like get spaced out and I would look up and I was like I swear to God we've just drove past here and anyways, yeah so I got less high after like an hour. And Everything you were got still fine. driving for an hour? I mean, yeah, so we were, were driving, way out in the desert. So you were driving back to LA. And before we got back, the guy was like, before we go, and this was when I, I had calmed down. Yeah. There was a solid 30 minutes where I was like full of fear. And I think I just gained a lot of empathy for people who have... Who Psychosis? Are, yeah. I just completely felt insane. Yeah. And detached from reality. And and scared, yeah, scared of my own brain. And then he, anyways, he pulled over to the side of the road and he's like, "I know you guys are like way too high, but you just gotta come out and check out the night sky." So we get out of the backseat of the car, and we look up at the stars. This is the first time I'd ever seen the stars when I was like tripping, and and they were. I did. I saw the stars and they made these shapes, and I knew everything was going to be okay in that moment. Interesting. I was like, okay. I was, so that brought you down. It did. And it, it was like this. There's a lot of power to that when you're looking up and you're seeing patterns and geometry, like the creations of the gods. And, and it does kind of almost reinforce the simulation thing because everything seems so planned out. Yeah. Seems so intentional. Yeah. Like this, like this beautiful paintbrush has just been yeah. whisked across the sky. So anyways, I got back in the car and I slowly got less high and I slowly like my brain returned. But I was still, I was like super traumatized. Sure. Because, because I, it was similar, like I had faced this huge fear of, of like, almost like the fear of losing. I, I lost everything. Yeah. There was a moment where I truly believed I had lost everything. And I had to be okay with that. Yeah. And I was, I came to terms with it. I was like... If I have lost everything, then it's okay. I was like, I, I lived a pretty good life and, and I'm going to miss that, but it is okay. Like I, I will move on. I can, I can exist in this chaotic, in this new altered state, altered state. If it comes down to it, I, I will just, I will figure out. Cause it was interesting. It felt like inception where it, I was just like hopping from image to image. Yeah. It was almost like, not like, like my life was flashing before me. Anyways, shit was so weird. And guess what? My friend audio recorded this whole thing. And I haven't listened to it yet. You motherfucking piece of shit. You didn't bring that? I, I've been too scared to listen to it. 
Because I think I think I'm probably super deranged. We have to fucking play that on this podcast. Quarantine happened and you. she left, but she still has it. When she comes back, we're gonna listen to it. Oh my! Can she come on? We can all three talk about it. Oh, potentially. I'll or she her. doesn't know if she wants to tell people. We got it. We got to listen to it first. I recorded myself too. I don't know if it's that in- <laughs> if it's that interesting, and I don't know how good the audio is, but. I always like to record myself. You when should, I'm high. Have you listened to it? I, I, I we could listen to it maybe after. I don't know if I want to play it right now because it's, it's just kind of boring. super intimate. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely go into joke mode. Like when I'm stoned, yeah. I just start telling jokes. And I'm like, that's the funniest joke. Let me write it down. And it takes me. I'll go on my phone, try in my note section yes. to write a joke, and it takes like an hour. And I look back, <laughs> yeah. it's like a one liner. Like, why the fuck did it take me an hour to write this one liner that isn't even funny? Absolutely. Um, I I was so in joke mode, and then suddenly that like we. What's funny is on the ride back, we kept talking about the fall mm-hmm. as this narr- We kept breaking down the narrative structure of the evening, and we kept referring to it as the fall, because it's like I had been so hyped, hyped, and I had kind of my ego swelled to this pinnacle. Of confidence like I felt invincible yeah and then the fall yeah the tragic Shakespearean fall the death of the <laughs> ego I crashed to the sandy floor and I lost everything yeah and then I had to come to terms with the fact that what I my perception of myself this great beast had been decimated mm. into into nothing into a pauper you know what I mean yeah well most people believe that psychedelics is a great way to experience your mortality and to come to terms with your death i 100 percent haven't had that happen yeah. are you afraid of death now or are you not because some look ayahuasca is one of the things people explicitly state that is yeah. about overcoming your fear of death i um i would do shrooms again when i first did it i was like i woo, i need to yeah the other thing that happened is like i truly fell in love with this girl who was taking care of me. I felt like I was completely isolated. You mean two months ago? Well, in the moment. In the moment, of course. I fell in love with her. Yeah. Because, and I, I didn't know if she was real. Because she was being so nice and kind and kind of nurturing. Yeah. To the point where no matter what I would say and no matter what question I would ask her. Because I was just asking questions because I was afraid. She would give the perfect answer. It was like exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. And I was almost convinced that she was a manifestation of my own brain. Like my brain invented her as a way to save myself. To navigate. Because by myself, I I think I would have just died. Yeah. But it was like her, she became this, this like angel that led me out of the valley of death. You know what I mean? And that will be on the recording, perhaps. I think so. I think I probably got... I remember wanting to tell her that I loved her and then being like, I'm like, am I even okay? I've never really said that to a woman. I've what? Never said that. Yeah, You've never, never said told a woman you loved her? Mm-mm. Yeah. Tommy, I know. what the fuck? And, and I was like, I was like, I should do it. I should tell her. Well, we're not like dating or anything. We're just friends. You but do, like, yeah, you love people that you're not fucking and tell them you love them. <laughs> so I, I think I just kind of went down the whole Rolodex of things that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. So you tell your parents you love them every day? Oh, yeah. Or where you talk to them? Yeah. And, and more recently, I've started telling my friends, like male friends that I love yeah. them. But you probably say, love you, man. You don't say, I love you. 
Right. Well, I love you is very different than love you. I mean, the way you, I love the inflection you. was like a romantic, I love you. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> say that to a dude, but. Yeah. Uh, and then. I say it to my dad now too, you know, I don't think that was. That took a while to get to say it to your dad. Not, I said my dad makes him so uncomfortable, I love Not him. really, but like he is that, the silent generation, you know what I mean? Like right yeah. post World War II where it was, men's emotions were like locked up for a really long time. Of course. Yeah, I remember when I went to grad school for acting, then I started telling my dad I love him. And he was just like, oh, okay. So okay. okay. All right, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you said you had a bad trip on LSD then. No. So that, oh, that, that, do you only did LSD that one time? Yeah. Okay. So maybe we both need to do LSD, Tommy. Maybe. Maybe we need to do ayahuasca. I don't know enough about ayahuasca. I've also heard a lot about DMT, but supposedly well, like, that's, that's super the same crazy. particle. Or the same is it? chemical compound, I believe. Oh, is it the same thing? Ayahuasca is literally the natural recurrent, and DMT is like the chemical extracted from it. Yeah, but DMT, DMT is like 15 minutes, right? Right. It's like and a ayahuasca can be dream. a whole fucking. It th- induces a dream. I state. think the real thing that freaks people out about doing ayahuasca is that you puke for the most part. Really? And people just don't want to puke. Like you're like, Puking hey, here's, awful. here's your ayahuasca tea, and here's your bucket. Oh. I'm like, Ugh. but then, but then people do go. It's okay. You puke and you purge out, and it's good. It's a good puke. Yeah, and you eh, need a puke. It's a good puke. It's a good puke. Sometimes but you puke. There are shamans in little communities all over LA, and I know some very famous actors who've talked to me about going to these places for the weekend, like in Pasadena, and you just hang out with like a group of like ten people, and they're all in the industry, and they're kind of semi-famous because it's like five grand for the fucking weekend. And you take this thing, and I have a friend of mine who's a very famous actor, and he, his um, brother had died when he was younger. Wow. And it's sort of, you know, shaped his whole life and how he yeah. behaved as a person. And when he was, his whole experience became sort of a referendum on taking care of his mother because after his brother died, that was, that became his job in the household to take care of mom. Yeah. Because parents aren't equipped to deal with the death of a child right right and so during the the trip or whatever it was he was just going around taking trying to take care of everybody yeah and the shaman was like dude it's not your job what are you what are you working through right now and that was his realizations like how much he's he's sort of like like amalgamate that so deep into his personality that he is sort of disingenuously um nurturing to people because he's trying to compensate for something yeah. It's a pretty crazy thing to realize, I guess, when you're like almost 50 years old. It is. Yeah. It's like it's a little it's like a little hyper therapy session <laughs> that you kind of have to pull your own lessons from. Well, it's cool, man. Like I I'm 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 open to the possibility of taking LSD. And I'm definitely I ayahuasca is a bucket list, but I feel like for ayahuasca it would need to be a really cool, really hot girl <laughs> who I just can't say no to. Yeah. Who's going to convince me to do this? Well, they exist. They exist. They're everywhere. Really? <laughs> and and then I'll probably do ayahuasca and then be a better human. Isn't that the journey? To be a better yeah. human? Yeah. Every time I've done... Uh, well, no, that's not entirely true. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, usually there's a hot girl involved. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I think every big thing I've ever done, except the first time I did weed, it was... It was, here's another name, but it's Mike Hall from Dexter, who mm. is a massive stoner, super cool dude, North Carolina. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. 
And he's like, he, people realize he's like a southern boy. He's like a good old boy. And he, yeah. um, I went to his apartment. And again, it felt like I was losing my virginity. And <laughs> all I remember is he made a joke. And then I was on the floor for 20 minutes. That was my first experience. So um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that it's about hot chicks. We'll have to get us to do ayahuasca. We should do it, Tommy. Yeah. We should, we should do it. Maybe one day. Listen to Rogan talk. Listen to the Rogan. I mean, I don't want to, you know, like I need to plug his pocket. But anyway, he has a, he did ayahuasca and he had, and again, he felt like it changed his life. Yeah. And apparently there's a common thing where you hear a woman's voice kind of guiding you through the process. I don't feel like a lot of people do ayahuasca and they go, well, that was bullshit. I'm never doing that. Like, I, I feel like people do it and they, I haven't heard anyone do ayahuasca and go, I would never do that again. Yeah. Or maybe they would say I would never do it again, but they they were glad they did it. Who knows, man? It might give you all the answers you're looking for. I feel like every time I do psychedelics, I become way more emotionally vulnerable. Just in general life. And kind of sensitive. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I always gain, feel like I come out of it with more empathy. Yes. When I did the the thing, I, the one takeaway from the shrooms I got too was that the the universe loves us yeah and god loves us and there is care mm, yes. if it is a sin or we're in the matrix there is actual care in the matrix but in the care of the matrix there's also like i, I got the feelings of mountains were telling me like go ahead have fun fuck on the grass do your thing blah 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 have fun but there's a limit mm. like don't get too cocky human being like right you can't come out in the middle of the desert do mushrooms every night <laughs> i'll let you slide this time i'll give you this gift but don't get too cocky yeah i similar i think it's it kind of it's all about harmony it reinforces the concept of harmony yes every it's like i am one note in the orchestra of the world mm. and if i try and take a solo oh yeah to, for too much i'm gonna get yeah, you bat start, it on the head. You start you doing know? that like, crazy jazz drum solo. Right. Universe is gonna be like, all right, motherfucker, no, 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 gotta no. smack you down a little you bit. You just gotta play a role and be a harmonious, beautiful note. Yes. <sighs> I think the big fear is that you you go up in the high and then you're irrevocably changed in such a way that you can't really function in the real world anymore, which I believe does actually happen. Yeah. With LST, I've heard that. Maybe that. I don't be think propaganda. it happens very often, but it it does happen. Yeah. Anyway, Tommy, I think that was a very interesting podcast. We went from uh, love and universal enlightenment from pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of topics. Yeah, man. So uh, thanks for coming and thanks for listening, guys. I hope you stuck through to the end. And uh, you can message if you have advice about doing psychedelics. If you know a shaman to do ayahuasca, it might happen. I think it's going to happen. And if you're a hot woman who wants to lead me and Tommy into the desert to do ayahuasca or LSD, let us know. Maybe did, we'll do it. Did you think that you pulled anything else from your experience? I th I think that, but like I said, the realization that I'm in a loving universe. Yeah. And a universe that is connected and like the trees were like, w like we get you. Yeah. We're here with you. We're not different did it change anything from the previous way that you thought like how did you think about trees before that or did I you just not didn't think, of fucking think about trees yeah i thought of them as mechanical things that gave us oxygen 
do you look at them differently now? Do you appreciate Like right them? now I'm looking at a tree and I'm like, maybe in a very imperceptible way, not in a way that sort of interferes with my normal thoughts. Yeah. I do look at trees now and go, motherfucker, I know you breathe. I saw, you. I know that if I took shrooms right now, I would see whether that's or or whatever, but I truly do believe now that there is an energy existing in living things like trees that is is a malleable moving kinetic energy that you can't see with an with an like a naked human eye unless yeah. it's altered because i don't feel that was hallucination i feel that was it's like those old uh pictures where you let your eyes go soft focus and then you see like a peace sign you're like oh look you can see the peace on the dave matthews cover <laughs> yeah. and it's just a bunch of dots yeah yeah it was sort of like that like you think you could be friends with the tree well, I hear a lot of people do mushrooms and they hug trees. Like that is like tr- <laughs> for real. Like a tree hugger is an actual experience based on mushrooms. Is that people do mushrooms and they fucking authentic? I didn't feel like you ever had a tree, tree wave at you. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you yeah, did? me neither. Uh, yeah, that'd be weird, right? <laughs> um, and then, like I said, like the even even the mountains, like I felt like just the colors of mountains were telling me telling me a story. But I felt like <laughs> wherever I, whether we're in a sim, or whether there is a god or whatever it is, I felt for sure that there is it's curated. It's mm. not chaos. It's not just laws of physics and expanding entropy. There is a curated universe in which we live, and that universe, yeah, is a universe based on love. And what we do as human beings is we forget that and we ignore that and we go against that. That doesn't mean you have to go fucking live in Oregon for the rest of your goddamn life and hug trees (laughs) and be, you know, fucking jerk off in a yurt. But it does mean that you should be aware of the fact that, like, trees were, if you believe in a benevolent creator and you believe that there is an organizing force in the universe, trees are here to give us life. Of course. Without yeah. trees, there's no fucking life. I mean, True. literally, there's no life. There's no oxygen. So, and without us, I think there is no trees. There's no trees. We return. Yeah, exactly. The, of the trees. So there's a symbiosis that I think we take for granted, and I yeah. think that things like mushrooms and maybe LSD. I don't know. I think they just go. They let us know. It's almost like. And like when you have an animal that's just kind of around and then like a cat, like oh, this fucking cat. <laughs> and then you have a moment with a cat where you're like, this cat is just purring on my lap. It is a vehicle for love and experience a connection with another living thing. And those moments we spend so much time looking, looking at our phones or whatever, just like thinking about the future and thinking about the past, thinking about the future, but the past, like these moments, like cats are like, Here's the present motherfucker. Yeah. And I feel like mushrooms are like, here's the present motherfucker. You're in the present. And I'm going to try to keep you in the present. And that's why I think it's a good thing to do in nature because nature reminds you you're in the present. Yeah. And if you're in somewhere industrial, I think industrial edifices and buildings and things remind you of the future and the past. And I, I don't know. I think it's easier to get caught in your head if you're in a place that's outside of nature. And these, again, it was my first experience. But my intuition tells me it was the best place to do it. And the people I know have had really bad experiences, like, were in their house or, or mm. something like that. So I would definitely go to fucking Joshua Tree or Bryce Canyon and do LSD for sure. It was interesting. It's almost like uh, 
in my super high state, I was trying to access the past and I was being rebuffed yeah. back into the present. You know what I mean? Almost like you're denied access to the past. Oh, right wow. Now. Like your brain won't let you go there. Yeah. You have to sit. And that's eventually what I did was I was like, I'm just going to exist right now. Yeah. And that's kind of what solved everything. Because I just became content in the moment. I do think that my experience with weed and my fidelity with weed these days helped me make that journey very yes. easy. Big time. Because weed has made me kind of come to terms with my higher self and come to terms with like how fucking shitty I am. Yeah. And also like, okay, Bill, you can be really shitty, but it's okay. Mm. I still love you. We're going to get through it. Try to be less shitty. Yeah. But it's okay that you're shitty sometimes. You know what I mean? It's okay that you can be full of shit and you don't tell the truth all the time. Mm. But let's get better, dude. Yeah. Like, buck up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Forgiveness. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting. I guess I should think more about what the takeaway is. And maybe next time we come back, we'll play some uh, some audio from our my mushroom trip and your mushroom trip. If there's something yeah. good, we can play a clip. That would be funny. <laughs> All right, cool, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Have fun. Bye-bye.